Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. KFI AM640. You're listening to The John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. On the radio from 1 until 4. Uh, you know the rest, right? You go to the iHeart app after 4 o'clock, and it's the John and Ken On Demand podcast. And there we've had uh, quite a show uh, first two hours so far. There's a lot you missed if you're just joining us now. We had an interview with Rick Caruso. We had great reports from Steve Gregory in Maui and Blake Trolley up in uh, at uh, that, that Nordstrom's uh, at the Topanga Shopping Mall. So all that stuff. Uh, is is on there, and you can listen to it after 4 o'clock. We continue now. We're going to talk with uh, Jim Lacey. Jim, uh, some years ago, wrote the book Taxifornia. It was an Amazon bestseller, and um, he's with the United States Justice Foundation. He works with that organization, and they have a poll out because this, this, this crime situation that everyone's uh, upset with, and it runs from you know, shoplifting at your local 7-Eleven, all the way up to murders and the death penalty being in a state of, uh, what, a moratorium, I think Newsom called it. There's a moratorium on the death penalty, so nobody's getting executed. Well, it turns out that uh, Newsom and the rest of the legislature are way out of touch with the voters on this because it turns out that uh, a majority of Californians <coughs> uh, support the death penalty still. I mean, every time it comes up for a vote, Californians want the death penalty. And it turns out um, 53% of registered voters support the death penalty, only 21% against. And when you look at general election voters, it's 56 to 21. So uh, it's, a, it's a, a big, big majority for the death penalty, and yet uh, it doesn't exist under Gavin Newsom. So let's, and there's other uh, interesting uh, things and questions in this poll as well. Let's get Jim Lacey on with the uh, United States Justice Foundation. Jim, how are you? I'm, I'm great, John, and you're having a great show. I loved listening to your interview 
uh, with Caruso. But you're absolutely right about this this poll. And, you know, we have a situation where you've got the L.A. Times and the UC Berkeley poll that they've got and other liberal institutions that are pretty much in cahoots in trying to manage and distort public opinion to support their progressive narrative that things like no cash bail, uh, reducing prison populations, closing the prison in Susanville and closing the prison in um, in Norco and, uh, you know, not enforcing the uh, special circumstances involved with murder, that, that all of that stuff is good, that people are OK with it and that Newsom could stand on principle, whatever that principle uh, is, that. There's a California death penalty law. It's been in our Constitution for over 100 years. The state has voted on it. You're absolutely right. Three times, twice we voted in favor of the death penalty, 2012 and 2016 in the last 11 years. And what do we have? We have 700 people on death row in California in limbo. They're not having their sentences uh taken into consideration. They're not being executed. We haven't had an execution in this state for 17 years, even though we have the law. And why? It's because Gavin Newsom, and before him, Jerry Brown, refused to enforce the law. And who are they trying to kid? Crime is on the rise. We know the statistics. You've been talking about it. You've been reporting it. Uh, Mr. Caruso just earlier talked about the statistics about crime going up 50%. But would you know it from the LA Times? Because the LA Times, although they will report crimes, they won't report public attitudes with their poll. As a matter of fact, the most recent polling that the LA Times has done on Californians' attitudes on the death penalty is two years old, and it's based on a two-question, non-probative poll that basically says, Oh, Californians, the headline, John, is uh, Californians' public opinion against the death penalty is growing and they support Newsom's um, uh, moratorium. So uh, we can talk about this poll, but I just wanted to say the U.S. Justice Foundation that I manage went out and we did this poll. We spent $30,000 on it with a good outfit called Cigna, Signal, and I asked them to mimic the, U, the L.A. Times UC Berkeley methodology of polling with 1,000 voters, and uh, the results that come back are completely contrary to the standing polling that the L.A. Times has done in 2019 and 2021, and they don't want to report that 73% of Californians, for example, uh, feel that there's more crime than there has been uh, in the last two years that it's gone up, 60% of Californians feel that they have been, uh, that they are on the verge of being touched by crime. And, uh, and right now you're absolutely right. When you look at, at um, likely voters, 56% of Californians are in favor of the death penalty that's not being enforced. There is such a huge connect on the disconnect rather between how the public feels and what the legislature, Newsom, and the media tries to project. A huge disconnect. I, I feel like I'm living in an alternate universe because I live on, on the west side of L.A. It is not like a conservative bastion. And everybody I know is talking like I do. Everybody sees the same thing about the crime. They have the same fears. And, and yet 
when when you look at 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 uh, well, I've given up on, on the on the times. I mean, it's just a, a left wing propaganda sheet at this point. Uh, but but you know, all, everybody in government, in the legislature, and in and, and the governor, they're just they're just completely out to lunch. They're completely out of sync with normal people. And what we need to do is we have to have our institutions recognize what's going on. It's like the emperor has no clothes. Now, in this polling that we did, one in five voters in the state, and even more of that in L.A. County, say they've been a victim of crime in the past year. You know, that's one in or, or one of their loved ones. That's one in five people. I mean, that's a hell of a lot of uh, people to be touched by that. And, you know, when we look at the issues that are out there, yes, homelessness, our poll validated that homelessness is still uh, the biggest issue in the state at 39 percent. Inflation in the economy uh, is at 35 percent. Crime and public safety is at 25 percent. But if you look at people that are concerned about what's really affecting them, inflation in the economy and crime themselves, it's over 60 percent of the state, you know, well, when are they we only gonna, have when are they going to vote only, differently? This is what I was talking about well, with Rick. I was so when do people take well, all this uh, angst and vote differently? Okay, right. So you look at the state. There's it's only twenty four percent Republican statewide, forty six point five percent Democrat, twenty percent Independent, right? But if you go and you ask somebody uh, about the death penalty, and and then you give them circumstances where it may or may not be justified, like, for example, the Boston bomber. We asked, you know, well, what's your position on the death penalty? And, you know, we got, you know, 53, 56 percent. But when you really put it before them and you say, what about this guy, Sernayev, the Boston bomber? Do you think that the death penalty would have been justified in his conviction? It goes up to 75 percent. Yeah. Now, look, now, look, if you if you've only got 24% Republicans in the state and you've got 75% of the people saying that um, there's a justification for uh, terrorist acts yeah. and, you have, and you have a guy who's our governor who won't even look at that, he just says across the board, no, moratorium. If, if there's well, a terrorist killing in, the, in here yeah. and a person is found guilty, he won't, he won't enforce it. Yeah. Well, let me it's just say let me, one more thing, because we're, we're running up against the clock here. Not only do I see a huge disconnect between the government and the media and what the average person is feeling, I see a huge disconnect between people's feelings and their voting patterns. Right. They're not voting the way they seem to feel on these issues, just going by your poll here. Yeah, and I, as I'm saying, I think it's a failure of our institutions to provide voters with information that makes that connection. You know, it's if you have this circumstance where you have rising crime, if you have this circumstance where you have these terrible murders and they don't have consequences, it's only logical that it's a result of policy failures. And the policy failures are policy failures of all of the Democrats that control every constitutional office in this state and almost all of the, with the exception of Mike Garcia, almost all of the uh, partisan offices in L.A. County. Got to run, you, Jim. Thank you very much for coming on with us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Jim Lacey, 
and uh, he's with the United States Justice Foundation. I've got more on this poll regarding a whole list of issues where something is out of whack between the way people vote and the way they feel and the way they're represented. Get into it next. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Ken is away today, and uh, we're on till 4 o'clock after 4 o'clock, the iHeart app for John and Ken On Demand, the podcast. All right, we just talked with Jim Lacey with the United States Justice Foundation. And uh, Jim was going through a poll that his organization did with uh, Signal. And um, as I said at the end of the last segment, two, two disconnects here, okay? Most uh, people, or majority of people, uh, want the death penalty. Uh, when you talk to de- uh, general election voters... 56% want the death penalty for convicted murderers, only 21% against. When it comes to the death penalty moratorium, um, you you have uh, most people disagreeing with Newsom's moratorium by a, a 42 to 34 margin. And then there's people who are either neutral or, you know, don't care. When it comes to taxes, I found this fascinating. 78% of registered voters, 78% say taxes are too high and 50% way too high. You got that? There's only 3% of California voters who think taxes are, are low. There's only 14% that say, oh, they're about right. 50% say way too high. Three quarters say high or way too high that's amazing the direction of crime 73 percent of registered voters say crime has increased 16 percent decreased uh 61 percent of voters say uh it's less safe out there only 28 percent more safe 22 percent say they or a loved one has been a victim of a crime well I, and and I, I believe all these numbers. These numbers track with certainly my experience in life, people that I talk to, the reaction we get here on the show in various ways. Um, what? Why are people voting for the for the people they do? I, I just don't understand it. Because if you strip away their stupid political affiliation, you know, take away that identifying marker. A lot of people would be voting for the same type of candidate and the same type of policies. Because most people think if you have a heinous murderer, you ought to to give them the death penalty. Most people feel that way. Most people feel the taxes are way too high. Most people think the crime is increasing. Uh, They're scared of being a victim and and that, that the crime is a major problem. Most people are feeling that way. Strip away that stupid R and D and just look at the quality of life. Nobody can say these policies are a success. What did I tell you last hour in San Francisco? San Francisco, they've they've evacuated the the federal building. And the Department of Health and Human Services, which is one of the major departments in that building, told everybody, go home and stay home. Work remotely, indefinitely. We'll let you know. Because down below, to, to walk up, to the front door of this federal building, you have to wade through 
<coughs> dozens and hundreds of drug pushers and drug users who are ingesting drugs every way possible into every orifice possible. Well, nobody's for that. Nobody wants that. So what's with the district attorneys and the mayors and the council people and the legislators that everybody's been voting for for the past 10 years? It's the same people over and over again. I, I am just flummoxed because most of the conversation I'm having with people are along the lines of the conversations that are, are quantified in this poll, how people feel. I mean, seriously, there aren't many people who want open-air drug markets in a downtown city. Nobody wants to see these smash-and-grab mobs of 50 young guys trashing an entire, uh, an entire store. Nobody wants to see this. Everybody's terrified and scared. And then you, all you have to do is just show up once a year, maybe twice a year, and just vote differently. Uh, everybody who's currently in office is discredited. They brought you this mess. Like, why anybody would vote for Karen Baskin? It beats the hell out of me. She's as bad as Eric Garcetti. She's worse because she promised better. She's an, an exact extension of Garcetti, and we told you that last year. It was clear. She didn't have the stomach to fight this. She just doesn't want to. Because she's not doing it. You just judge people by their actions. Same thing with the uh, San Francisco mayor. Talks once in a while, like she has a brain in her head, but for the most part, doesn't do anything to change San Francisco. You know, you got you to gotta send in a huge police force and get rid of the, the, the drug pushers and the drug users from in front of that federal building. In fact, since it's the federal building, what they ought to do is, is send in uh, some kind of federal law enforcement to clear that area. I don't get it. Everybody just stands around, and all the voters let all these uh, politicians and these, these law enforcement organizations stand around and do nothing. And so it's like everybody's stoned. Really, if you, if you judge people by their actions, you would think everybody in the state is stoned. We're all just staring glassy-eyed and watching it happen. More coming up. John and Ken. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. 
Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. We're on the radio until 4 o'clock, and then after 4 o'clock, uh, the iHeart app has the John and Ken On Demand podcast. Certainly today's a day, if you missed uh, most of the show up till now, is a day you should uh, listen to the podcast uh, as soon as you can and uh, play it all night. Uh, we had Rick Caruso on. We had Steve Gregory with a great uh, long report from Maui describing the uh, chaotic government response to those all those people that got burned to death. Just one of the most incompetent uh, reactions by government I have ever heard about in my life. And so Steve goes into detail on that. And we had Blake Trolley on right before Rick to uh, discuss the, uh, the Topanga uh, Nordstrom's that, that got smashed and grabbed and looted. So a lot of good stuff on there. And here I've got three stories on three presidents, the current one and the two previous and uh, two of them are weird. Uh, the Trump one is going to get crazy because um, in Atlanta, the city is getting ready for the uh, indictment of Trump by the county district attorney, Fannie Willis, who's going to be charging Trump with a variety of crimes connected to the 2020 election result that she says he tried to overturn illegally. She's been investigating it for two and a half years. So this will be the fourth indictment coming. This is a state indictment. And so the streets around the courthouse um, have, are, are now sealed off with orange barricades. And um, there's, there's media vans sitting there and idling because the, the grand jury was meeting today. And things are moving rapidly. And you could hear an announcement um, any minute of any day this week. Um, they have stacks of bicycle racks arranged to keep crowds away. Um, he, uh, the security measures run blocks and blocks all the way to the Georgia State Capitol. Uh, the street nearest the entrance to the Capitol is sealed off. There's no tourists. Most staffers are working from home. Uh, there's, uh, no one was seen entering or leaving the city hall in the middle of a work day. Uh, it looks like they're hunkering down for war. I don't know what they were expecting. Is this just, is this an overreaction? Or they, they, got, they got some intelligence that said, uh, when we indict Trump, it's going to be bad. The first three indictments didn't draw much of a 
crowd protesting. Um, so uh, she has said she's going to announce charges in August, and it's already the middle of August. And uh, she asked that judges not schedule trials or in-person hearings on certain days. So I don't know why they're expecting such a ruckus because they haven't seen it the first three times, but they're acting like, uh, you know, January 6th is about to happen. Now, uh, these other two presidential stories are just weird. Um, And one of them is about Joe Biden. I don't know if you remember, there was a senator named Scott Brown uh, from Massachusetts. He was a Republican. And when Ted Kennedy died, Scott Brown, as a Republican, unexpectedly won an election. And for a short time, a Republican was representing Massachusetts in the Senate. Eventually, he joined the Trump administration as ambassador to New Zealand and Samoa. And he got interviewed on a podcast called burn barrel and you're going to hear him talk about how he had to get into it with biden some years ago because biden apparently got a little uh, frisky with scott brown's wife and you'll also hear scott brown talk about biden's dementia so roll this clip biden has taken a hit in the polls and especially in the last few months this thing with his granddaughter really stuck and also, I think people are irked out about all the hair sniffing and things. We went overseas, and he especially took a long inhale. And I think women are skeeved out by that that st- stuff. And, and you know, he's not a good guy. Oh, you know him. I mean, Listen, he, he's, 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 I, I did know him. I, I spent quite a bit of time with him. I, I enjoyed his company. But that's not Joe Biden. He, he, this, you, we all know the signs. My, yeah. my uh, you know, uh, we all know people who have dementia and and have the beginning of Alzheimer's, and, and, you know, he's got it. I mean, it's the walk, it's the way he's mumbling, his anger yeah. outbursts, and, you know, it's it's a shame uh, that we can't do better, as I said, uh, in this great country. But, you know, a lot of people don't want to run because of everything you're seeing now. Yeah. Hey, you know, I might be imagining this, but did you, when you were on the Herald Radio with us probably seven years ago, when you got sworn in as senator, was he like hair sniffing Gale or handsy with Gale, or did I imagine? Yeah, 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 yeah. I told him I'd kick. I told him to stop. Did, so yes. <laughs> did you really go through it again? If you don't mind. No, no. It's, it's all. It's old news. It's old news. It, 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 uh, it is. Yes, he, he didn't act the way I thought he should, and and you know we called him on it, and you know that's it. You so, called him on uh, it to yeah. his face, right there. Oh yeah. Really. Where's the hot mic for that one? <laughs> yeah, I know. So what he was he was groping around um with with Scott Brown's uh wife and Brown said he, he had to threaten to kick the bleep out of Biden. That was during the swearing in ceremony. Third story is just weird. There is you, you I don't know if you you heard this, there is somebody who's written uh, there, well, uh, a biography on Obama. His name is David Garrow. Uh, David Garrow is a Pulitzer Prize winning historian. He's written books on Martin Luther King, among others. And he did a, a biography on Obama. He is uh, not a right-wing Republican, but he investigated Obama's girlfriends and contacted one named Alex McNear, 
Alex is, this is a woman, Alex McNear. Uh, and in 1982, when Obama was 21, he was writing letters to Alex. She kept them and eventually turned them over to Emory University. Uh, Garrow got wind of what's in this letter, and, and part of it has always, always been publicly redacted. But Garrow, the author, had a friend named Harvey Clare who went to Emory University, somehow had a contact, and was able to look at the letter. He wasn't allowed to photograph it or remove it, but Harvey Clare transcribed the paragraphs by hand and then sent them to uh, David Garrow. And Garrow just gave an interview and uh, talked about this in detail. And he read what it said in Obama's letter. I'm just going to read this the way it's printed. This is Obama talking to Alex McNear. In regard to homosexuality, I must say that I believe this is an attempt to remove oneself from the present. A refusal, perhaps, to perpetuate the endless farce of earthly life. This is Obama speaking. You see, I, I make love to men daily, but in the imagination. I make love to men daily, but in the imagination. My mind is androgynous to a great extent, and I hope to make it more so until I can think in terms of people, not to think of it in terms of people, not women as opposed to men. But in returning to the body, I see that I have been made a man and physically in life, I chose to accept that contingency. So he's aware that he's a man, but in his mind, he's androgynous, and he imagines making love to men every day. So says 21-year-old Obama in writing, according to his biography. Oh, look, I have to take a break. Uh, John and Ken... You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Well, uh, you know, Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, was on uh, TV again uh, squawking about uh, all the illegal immigrants that are now sleeping in the streets by the hundreds in New York City and complaining he's got no money to take care of them. He's got no place to put them. And he's uh, yelping at the Biden administration. Doesn't mention, though, that, you know, he was a proud mayor of a sanctuary city all this time. And when you run a sanctuary city, people are going to take sanctuary. Now, on the other end of things is Ron DeSantis in Florida. I can't believe this. Well, we'll see. I, I just read this and uh, <laughs> I just wonder how long this this is going to survive. Florida officials have passed a law that if any driver is found transporting an illegal alien in their car, they could get five years in jail and a $5,000 fine. This is for you if you're the driver in Florida. And I don't think many people knew this existed until a civil rights group, uh, a, a, a collection of civil rights groups, asked a judge to throw out the ruling. Uh, this is from CBS News. Um, but the judge denied the request. It's part of a larger lawsuit and um, on, a tech, on a technicality. And the activists are saying, well, you know, you could have a, a, a child 
whose immigration situation is still working its way through the court system, let's say the kid is transported to a doctor's appointment, and suddenly whoever's driving the car could get five years in jail. So the ACLU is fighting this. Um, I just never heard of that before. This has got to be the only state in the union. And if you're caught driving an illegal alien, you can go to jail for five years. Can you imagine? You you know that whole mob in uh, at the Tabanga shopping mall that burst into Nordstrom's. They're not going to get five minutes in jail. Conway's here. Hey, now, I almost went to that mall with my wife and daughter. Instead, we went to Glendale because <clears throat> my daughter's getting uh, you know back to school clothes. We were two seconds away from getting on the freeway and going that way, but there was too much traffic. We'd been right involved with that thing. Deborah said she was going to go. Yes. Saturday I was going to go with Deborah. And <laughs> so you both missed out. That's right. Yeah. But, I'd, I, you know, I kicked myself in the ass. I'd like to have seen that action. You know, I don't I don't condone it. But I'd like to be around it. it <laughs> you know what I mean? You'd like to watch. I'd like to watch. Your, your guy likes to watch. Uh, what do they call it? What a is voyeur. That? Voyeur. Yes. I'm a voyeur with you the know. crime. Uh, that, that tracks. <clears throat> but, uh, but at Glendale Galleria, I saw probably 10 different cops. Cops with the dog, with the canine were there. And cops were walking around everywhere. So I have a theory that they knew something was going to go on in a big, big mall. They just didn't know which one. Uh, that's possible. Yeah. yeah. Cause that, cause, cause Caruso's Americana had gotten mobbed. Right. Just but, on Tuesday. So word was out. Cause usually when these, when these things start, there's a series of them and it's the same guys. Right. But they, but the cops inside the mall at Glendale would have been, uh, uh, doing their job. Well, serving the public more if they were in the parking lot, cause everyone was fighting for a spot. In the parking right. lot. Everybody was pissed off. <laughs> Everybody. Honking and swearing and, you know, you got to get in the car and move. You know, that kind of thing. It was wild. <laughs> uh, Steve Gregory is coming on tonight. That guy's, uh, we're going to talk about the the uh, Maui wildfire. I still can't get over that. I mean, it still bothers me to the core. Whenever I see those pictures, I go right into radical depression. Radical depression. Uh, and then we have a 50-year-old battle for a public beach in uh, public beach access, I should say, in uh, Malibu. We'll discuss that. And um, and then we have uh, back to school for a lot of kids here. All back right. to school. Conway, coming up. That's right. Crozier with the news. Dig dong with you. Live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Dig dong. Hey, you've been listening to the John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 
Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. 